Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Exchange. My name is Scott Morgan, North Motor City Mad Mouth. Glad to have my Wednesday night partner, Steve Ballesteri. Uh, good evening, Steve. How are you? Every day is a holiday, my friend. I'm glad to get to talk some football with you, and we've had... Uh, and like every other week in the NFL, nothing's going on, right? Well, that's true. Well, well, we don't have a Thursday night game to prepare for, so we won't get to that. We're going to start off with college football, believe it or not, so we don't do a lot. But when the name Nick Saban comes up, you have to lead off with it, and that's exactly what we're going to do. The SEC got rocked when Nick Saban came down with COVID-19. If that wasn't bad enough, his athletic director, Greg Byrne, did as well. So... Maybe the Southeastern Conference, Steve, better wake up a little bit here because all of a sudden COVID-19 had bit them and bit them really well. Bit them right in the behind. And, uh, you know, with Saban in Alabama, they have a huge game this weekend against number uh, three, Georgia. So um, that's going to be – yeah, that's going to be very difficult for them without him there. Yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that they may not cancel it or not. I don't know. We have a few days to go before that situation. True. They need to absorb the sting of this one for sure. And that's what uh, – so, all right, so Nick Saban gets hit with COVID-19. Uh, that, to me, I don't know if that's as uh, big as Magic Johnson having HIV, but it's a really, really, really big shockwave for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, he's like um... – one of, if not the biggest name in college football in terms of coaches. So, I mean, that's going to uh, get people to stand up and take a little bit of notice, especially, like I said, you know, uh, they they have a huge game this weekend. And if everything holds the way it, it's supposed to, he's not going to be there. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So, well, Nick Saban, like what happened to Donald Trump, COVID-19, they, they don't care whether you're big or small. It's going to get you anyway. So hope you get well, Nick. But at least you know everybody when, when they talk about COVID-19, taking it seriously. I want to play. I want to make sure the players play. Okay, Nick, I understand. Now you got to stay home and quarantine for a while and stay out of harm's way before this thing bites you badly. So, so all right, well, let's go back to the NFL. Cam Newton is expected to join the Patriots on Thursday. They need him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to be back. I believe uh, Stephon Gilmore is supposed to be back as well. Um, so that that's huge news for them because uh, if the game hadn't got canceled last week, they would have been out there without their best offensive and defensive player. So this is big news for the Patriots. Um you know, Newton's is expected back today. They didn't actually hold a practice. They just had player workouts. So um, none of the media was allowed to be there for that. So, uh, yeah, we'll be watching tomorrow to see if, in fact, Newton is there. But that's big news for New England. 
they were averaging uh, in the, the games that he played about, I think, 28 points a game. So. Yeah, well, everybody got an idea what Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer would have worked, and I would think that Bill Belichick, to me, would have been looking at five or six wins had he have stayed with that combination until it came, until Cam Newton came to New England for sure. So we'll see what happens, see how it plays out. So let's talk about the New York Jets cutting Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, the Jets. I mean, boy, they you know. Once again, the Jets, they paid uh, $27 million guaranteed to Le'Veon Bell, and he played in 17 games. And, you know, apparently the news came out they were trying to trade him. Um, and they, they didn't get any takers, supposedly. And, of course, everyone always says this whenever somebody's name gets bandied about. Supposedly the Patriots made a, uh, a run for – Le'Veon Bell last year. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not, but, you know, like I said, that that's always the big thing. And supposedly they're looking at him too. They have so many running backs now. I don't see where they would would go for uh, Le'Veon Bell, but, hey, I've seen stranger things. Belichick loves his veterans. So, you know, um, would it be out of the realm of possibility for them paying Bell? like the uh, veteran minimum and having the Jets pick up the rest of the tab for the season. Right. I could see them doing that. Um, but honestly, they don't really need Le'Veon Bell. Actually, the team that needs running backs the most are the New York Jets. Right. So. Yeah, well, you have a problem named Adam Gase who didn't think they needed that particular one. So, boy, <laughs> that's another story. He's, he's, the, he's the next guy that's uh, – Going to be hitting the unemployment line, I believe. Yeah, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But I think a place where Le'Veon Bell does fit, though, is actually the Arizona Cardinals. Can you imagine if you stuck Le'Veon Bell in the, on the same offense? I mean, Kenyon Drake is pretty good. But DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, oh, my goodness, the Cardinals would be dangerous. And more importantly, they let David Johnson get away uh, – you know, they trade up for Hopkins, so I think Le'Veon Bell would be an ideal fit in the desert. Yeah, and he'd probably love to go there and go back to a winning team, so. Yeah, well, I mean, the Jets are definitely dysfunction. All right, so let's talk the NFL. They won't hold a Pro Bowl at the end of the 2020 season. Well, why risk it for that? But my gut feeling is one of the reasons that they won't be holding it is, you don't know how many games are going to get uh, move back and shove back so they can use that extra week as a filler type of week if they needed to. Yeah, absolutely. And and the Pro Bowl has gotten so bad that I don't even think anybody watches it anymore. Right. So now they said they're not going to actually hold the game. They'll fill that week with, I forget the exact words, exciting events, I think they called it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and again, uh, speaking from a Patriots standpoint, uh, they don't want to see any of those exciting events because they had a rookie running back rush for a thousand yards in 19, I think it was 98, Robert Edwards. He went to uh, the Pro Bowl and take part in a beach volleyball game and he blew out his knee. His leg almost had to get amputated for that. And he never played again. You know what? I know who you're talking about. It. I can't – I'm 
fighting with the name, but I know exactly what, yeah, there was a player that went in there, blew out his name, playing beach volleyball. That, that's too bad, too, for a visit yeah. trip to end so badly in Hawaii. Oh, my goodness. Uh, is it uh, Mike uh, Kumrai or Tim Kumrai? Tim Kumrai uh, snapped his leg in the Super Bowl. What, um, he was with the Bengals. Right. Okay. Oh, it's him in the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, I know there was an incident that happened on the beach for Beach Valley. But... Yeah, it was Robert Edwards. Oh, it was Robert Edwards. Okay. Yeah. Come right. Well, all right. Well, a bold game and an injury, a big one. But yeah. nevertheless, I, I can understand. I mean, I've been to a Pro Bowl game myself once. Uh, when it was in Miami, they had it during the week leading up to the Super Bowl. So I, at least I can say I got that off my bucket list for sure. I don't think the NFL would ever have a problem issuing a press credential for that, but <laughs> yeah. they won't be getting one for me anytime. So, so yeah, look, yeah, and a trip to Hawaii would be nice, though. Hawaii's a great place. Been there twice, that's for sure. But if it's an all-expense paid trip, nothing wrong with that for sure. No, no, especially if someone's picking up the dime. Oh, that, exactly. That's my point. So, so anyways, let's talk about the Super Bowl. It moved Super Bowl uh, twenty. Move to 2025 in New Orleans. Mardi Gras, uh, there's a conflict in 24. We know that Mardi Gras rules in the beginning, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, uh, the city of New Orleans knows where their bread is buttered. And, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I've been to New Orleans. I've never been to Mardi Gras. I, I, that's uh, something that I should probably do once in my lifetime. But th that's a crazy place down there. I can only imagine what it's like during Mardi Gras, but yeah, they uh, Mardi Gras rules down there. Yeah, I've been in New Orleans quite a few times. I actually went there for the 1982 Final Four when Michael Jordan was there, and that and North Carolina beat Georgetown. Unbelievable! I saw a game over at the Super Dome, is what I did, and gone nice. to the Lions games there. Got to go there, folks. Obviously, you know about Bourbon Street, but. Pat O'Brien's makes the best hurricanes on the planet. <laughs> tell you stories back in the day when I was a young pup. I don't care if you're a young pup or an old pup, okay? To me, those Pat O'Brien hurricanes, I hate to say, are to die for, but they are. They sneak up on you really, really. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mardi Gras King, the Super Bowl gets shoved back here. What's the difference? New Orleans has hosted enough of those Super Bowls to begin with. Exactly. They've had plenty. So let, let's stay on the uh, Louisiana theme for a moment. The New Orleans Saints are thinking about wanting to play games over at LSU to get some fans because uh, New Orleans is not – the city is not going to let them do it. Right. So, and, you know, that, that's such a big home field advantage for them, too, when they play in the Dome. That place gets rocking. And the people there, it's like – I mean, it's like going to a Jimmy Buffett concert. You know, everybody dresses up and – it's just a wild place, and they're, they're, um, they've lost a little bit of that because, I mean, the crowd, just like in Seattle, that's, a, that's such a big part of their home field advantage down there. Um, I mean, they're still a very good football team, don't get me wrong, but, you know, they, they lose some of that home field advantage because that place rocks. Let me tell you what, LSU will be gracious enough to take their money knowing that they're taking a – hit right in the checkbook anyways because of COVID-19. So anybody that the New Orleans Saints would be more than happy to pay them to play in their stadium, Steve. 
Mark my word, LSU will be more than happy to cash that check all day long. So we're, we talk about, uh, you mentioned Adam Gase's days being numbered. That's obvious, okay? And the Le'Veon Bell thing didn't help his cause any. But a guy that uh, doesn't have any more weeks is Dan Quinn, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons. I, now, I remember today, I believe it was on uh, – that showed uh, with Zubin Mahante, Keyshawn Johnson, and Jay Williams. Uh, they had Rich McKay, the general manager for the Falcons. And Raheem Morris has a chance to really legitimately audition for this job with 11 games to go to get this team. You can't, you know, I mean, I don't know uh, whether you're a big fan or not of, you know, midseason firings with an interim. But this is a legit. This guy has a chance to get the job if he can breathe a little bit of life into that team, uh, especially since they had a couple of games that they should have won. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could tell that Dan Quinn had lost the locker room. That that loss at Dallas was brutal. I mean, they were up, you know, by what twenty five points? I think it was at one point, and right. then that onside kick where they're running beside the ball, and I'm like, I'm watching that ball spin around. It's like, why doesn't somebody jump on it? Right. You know, and it, to lose like that is just awful. And, uh, you know, that that team seemed like a couple of years ago, that team seemed primed um, to be going in the right direction for a long time. And I think that Super Bowl loss where, again, they blew a 25-point lead to the Patriots, I think that really – uh, affected that entire team. It affected their psyche. It affected their coaching stuff because they've never really been the same. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Since. Well, yeah, you're right. They haven't recovered. It didn't help that Kyle Shanahan had a head job over the San Francisco 49ers. And then they bring in Steve Sarkeesian, who's the worst offensive coordinator on the planet. <laughs> and, and he wasn't able to make the most out of Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, to name a few others. So you're right. They never did cover recover from it. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I wish Raheem more as well. They won't, one thing about him, though, is they won't have to worry about the Rooney rule. You know, he's, he definitely – He does well, yeah. He, he's in. <laughs> if he does well, he's in. I mean, they don't – Right. So. They won't pull him at the – Millen, where you get charged a couple hundred grand there, not you know, go ahead and enforce the rule. But I, I wish Raheem Morris well. He's a, he's a good, uh, you know, he previously coached the Tampa Bay Bucks, so it's not like he hadn't had any head coaching experience, but he's got a lot of time to prove what he can do. So, all right, let's talk about last week's key games, okay, Steve? Thursday night, Chicago Bears came back to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks 20 to 19. Some observations on that. Yeah, you know, I watched that game, and, uh, you know, the Bears' defense is tough. They, they have a really good defense. And um, I thought that uh, Nick Foles played well, but the big story for that one was all the penalties that the Tampa offensive line got. It seemed like every time they had the ball, their offensive line was getting one or two penalties. And it was like, my goodness. They were, at one point, I think they had got the ball in Chicago territory. And the next thing you know, it's like second and 37. And they're back in their own, you know, end of the field. It was amazing. And 
if I'm Bruce Arians, I mean, okay, one or two, yeah, it's going to happen during the course of a game. And sometimes they can be really, especially if you're dealing with like a holding or whatever call. Some of those can be kind of ticky-tack. But this was like so many, and they were just mental mistakes. And then the one guy, like, well after the play, headbutts another guy. Um, what are you guys thinking about? I mean, that, that to me goes to coaching. And I thought they failed there. Well, Tom Brady didn't do himself any favors either with that down situation that he no. misjudged. <laughs> now he's getting the old, he's getting like the Joe Biden jokes that, you know, uh, oh, he's senile, you know, he can't remember what down it is. Um, I, I can honestly say, though, I've never seen Tom Brady do that. So, you know, I've never seen him forget the down. That's a first. So. Well, you've got a bigger microscope on him, Steve. Think about it. Go to Tampa, and all of a sudden, you know, you're the guy going in there with all the hype and the expectations, and he figures, running all this money, and I'm trying to outdo Bill Belichick, and all of a sudden, you know, you talk about a microscope that's big. Tom Brady definitely has a huge microscope. So, to, oh, but, yeah. You know, I mean, and – it looks like Tampa, I think, had a 13 to nothing lead at some point in that game, and then the Bears came back and they yep. got the last laugh over Tom Brady as he did before. Yeah, I thought Foles played well. Um, you know, he had his moments where he looked really sharp, and he had his moments where he wasn't, but that's going to happen with a guy on a new team, you know, with uh, a lot of new players. I thought Allen Robinson had a really strong game for Chicago. Um, you know, and um, hey, I thought it was a good football game. I think Chicago made the right move and switching out Foles for Trubisky. And um, we'll see if, you know, with that defense, that offense of theirs doesn't have to be great. It just has to be okay, and right. they can be a playoff team. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, but think about it. You're Nick Foles. You beat Tom Brady on a national stage last week and then you beat them in the Super Bowl. How many guys can actually say that they've been able to master Tom Brady on a couple of occasions, but Nick Foles can at least claim to that. Peyton Manning's probably the only one that can say that. So Yeah, but you know what though? I mean he lost his fair share of battles against oh, yeah. Brady. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Nick Foles hadn't played him much and he's gotten the best of him a couple of times. So more power to him. All right, let's talk about the Houston Texans, 30. The Jaguars, 14. Romeo Cornell is just babysitting for a while, but he got to win something that Bill O'Brien didn't do this year anyways. <laughs> Jaguars. So your thoughts about that? They rallied around Romeo. They did rally around Romeo. It seemed like they had a little uh, extra pep in their step. I think that a lot of the veterans there were just tired of the losing that they had been, because they, there's no way that team should have been on the floor. I mean, nah. there's no way. I mean, you can make the argument, yeah, they, they could lose some, because they played a couple of tough games, but there's no way that team should have been on the floor. And they finally played the way they're capable of playing. I, I thought Deshaun Watson had a pretty good game. J.J. Watt had that jump in his step, which he always does, but you know, it just looked like a really good team win for them. And, you know, I think – and we said this last week right here on the show. I think Romeo is going to deliver some short-term, you know, uh, 
success for that team. I don't think he's the long-term answer. We'll have to see how the rest of the season plays out, but he, he's a really good defensive coordinator, really smart. I just don't think he's a great head coach. Yeah, well, and he's 74 years old now, too. So. Yeah, well, who's to say, you know, they bring in a new head coach and they may want to keep him around for a couple of years as a defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I would uh, – if Romeo wants to come back and coach the defense, I would definitely do that. Yeah, I wouldn't think twice about it either. So, Romeo Cornell, I mean, right now, he can even muster up a 500 season on his own. More power to him. Yeah. Considering what they're going through. Next game we're going to talk about is the one that's shocked probably every one of us, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and I have to get used to that, Steve. Yes. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs 40 to 32. They did something that the LA Chargers didn't do. And when they went ahead and went for it on fourth down, they converted where the Chargers were a little more passive here. So got to hand it to the Raiders and John Gruden for being able to beat Kansas City in their own playpen. Yes. And, you know, is there a, a bigger enigma in the NFL than the Raiders? Because you watched them against the Chiefs last week. They looked outstanding. I mean, yeah, they gave up quite a few points, but lots of teams give up a lot of points to the Chiefs. I mean, that's I mean that's a really potent offense. But that Raiders offense on Sunday, they just looked incredible. And then when that game came right down to the end, it looked like the Chiefs were making a move. They had that fourth and one. And I was thinking to myself, if you punt that ball back, you're going to lose. And they, you, if you if you lose by going for it, then you can live with that because you went for the win. You didn't just you know go with the uh, with the conventional thinking there. And I, and I thought that that was the smart move was to go for it. Yeah, it's risky, but I mean the way they had been moving the ball all day, the, there's no way they shouldn't have got that one yard. So and good for them. They held on to the ball for the last. It was like, I think, four and a half minutes or something close to that. And, um, you know, they were able to close it out. But they, I mean, Kansas City's defense has been playing real well this year. Mm-hmm. And they lit them up all game long. Well, I'll tell you, Josh Jacobs had a pretty good game. I think Henry Ruggs, did he catch a touchdown to him? Yes, Henry Ruggs, is, he's going to be good. Oh, yeah. That kid's going to be good. Well, I saw I, I, I loved watching him in college. Yeah, I, I saw him beat the Wolverines over in Orlando, and uh, Jerry Judy's another stud. So, yeah, uh, University of Alabama may be having Nick Spiegel here for a little while, but Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, I believe Jerry Judy's from Deerfield Beach High School locally. So, and and Deerfield Beach High School has definitely produced a lot of good pros. Yeah, and it seems like Alabama is like like Pittsburgh. They're just coming up with one wide receiver after another. You know, the Steelers, it seems like they always draft some kid that no one's heard of. And next thing you know, he's lighting it up, right. you know, in the NFL. And uh, none of them are first-round draft picks. And uh, But Alabama has a couple of kids down there right now. I watched their game last week against Miss, Ole Miss. And uh, anyway, uh, we're, we're getting on to college ball. But, Doesn't you know, Jerry – Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, both of those guys can absolutely fly when they get the ball in their hand. Well, some universities are known for putting out certain positions. So 
let's not kid ourselves. I mean, Miami Hurricanes for a lot of years produced quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. I know, uh, what was it, uh, University of Pittsburgh or was it Pennsylvania? Or Penn State uh, linebacker, you the linebackers, yeah, Penn State, right? So you know you have a lot of places that can produce positions. I don't know if it's by coincidence or whether it's by but who knows. That's but those two kids are going to be great, you know, players for a long, long time for sure. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Walked into Santa Clara and they'll drop the hammer on the 49ers. That's the most points ever against the 49ers in Santa Clara and the Miami Dolphins did it with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick having one of the better games and Jimmy Garoppolo. I guess they sat him down, you know, and for the second half, he wasn't doing anything anyhow. So they had to get back in sync. So how about the, what the Dolphins did? And I think, you know, it was funny about a week ago, uh, Fitzpatrick had a, a kind of a bad game, and a lot of people were openly clamoring for Tua. And then Fitzpatrick goes out there and just lights up the 49. For most of the game, he had a perfect quarterback rating. And, you know, you, you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. He is the streakiest guy in the world. And, when, you know, when he gets in a bad streak, he's, he's pretty horrible. And they showed that graphic in, uh, I think they said in, in losses, he had uh, – or in wins, he had like 107 touchdowns and like 27 interceptions. And then in losses, he had like 102 touchdowns and 100 and something interceptions. And it's like that's that streakiness. And on Sunday, he was the hot streak. And when he gets like that, he's as good as anybody. I mean, when he – when he's feeling it and he's got that you – know, he, he was putting the ball in tight places. He had a great feel for the offense. And I, I, I really – the last couple of years I've been really rooting for him because, you know, he knows he's, he's one game away from being replaced for good. And he knows his career is – you know, he's playing with house money right now. And he's just loving it. And he's, I don't think he feels any pressure whatsoever. He's just going out there and playing well. And he had a tremendous football game on Sunday. Well, what about what he did on Thursday night game against the Jacksonville Jaguars? <laughs> he took that streak in his and lit him up. Yeah. <laughs> so. The hot fitzy, man. He's a Harvard guy. What do you expect? Not with, like that, guys are with that beard out to here, he looks like, you know, he should be on WWE. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, that beard is classic. And with all due respect 
to Fitzpatrick, he may think he's going to play away, but I don't think Brian Flores is thinking that way. He's looking to buy as much time to keep two on the bench as he can. I don't think you have a much better um, option than Fitzpatrick. He certainly found a niche over there. So the ideally, I think Miami would love to keep to a, you know, holding a clipboard for this year, and maybe even next year if they can get away with it. Yeah, and and again, I mean, uh, I think I mentioned it here um, a week or two ago. I, I read something um, after their game against the Jaguars, where uh, one of the younger guys on the on the team was saying that they all race to. Uh, the offensive meetings because everyone wants to sit next to Fitzpatrick. They, they believe in this guy. They like him. They think he's a good leader. They know he's a, I mean, he's been in the league a long time. He has a lot of experience. He's played on bad teams. So, you know, he knows what it's like and he can guide these guys. And, uh, you know, um, I, I just think he's, he's very comfortable right now where he's at. I think Brian Flores really likes him. And uh, he, he continues to play like that. Dolphins are going to win a bunch of football games. Well, I'll tell you what, a year ago when they brought in Josh Rosen to compete with Fitzpatrick, and a lot of people thought Josh would have the full-time gig, but that didn't work out. Fitzpatrick outplayed him. Josh Rosen is now up in Tampa, and Tua is waiting in the wing. So, you know, you're right. This guy has seen a lot of football. He's played a lot of football. And, as I said, he's in a good spot with the Dolphins and the 49ers and the Jaguars found out how tough this guy is. And you can only imagine what's going to happen uh, during the course of the year. So let's go ahead and talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns. I'm buying the Cleveland Browns Kool-Aid right now. Yeah. Well, and again, you talk about a streaky team. When they put it all together, I mean, that team has a lot of talent. And when they play like that, they look incredibly good. And Sunday was one of those games. And it, for them, I think the biggest question is just consistency. Can they, can they keep doing it week after week? Um, last week against Indy, I thought they looked really, really good. I watched uh, – I didn't watch the game live. I watched it later on um, on the uh, NFL game pass. And um, – you know, that, that running game of theirs is, is legit. Baker Mayfield's playing real well. I mean, th they have the playmakers. And if if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I'm starting to worry a little bit about Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I would, too. I would, too. All right, let's talk about the Giants and the voice. Dak Who's that kid? Uh, that Dak Prescott rolled up a lot of yards, and before long, he rolled up an ankle, and oh my goodness! So, first yeah, I have a, I have a lot of uh, family members down in the Dallas region, so I'll have to put my cowboy hat on here. There you go. <laughs> well, you got your cowboy hat on, and I got my Super Bowl hat. So there you go. So talking about Dak, and uh, I, that was horrible. It was a gruesome injury, and you, your heart just goes out for a guy like that because I mean. You hate seeing that on a, uh, you know, in any kind of game. It's just I, watching his leg pointing in the wrong direction is just, you know. And he's been playing incredibly well. And, you know, now he's gone for the season. But, you know, the, the problem with them hasn't been their offense or him. It's been their defense. And, 
you know, the, the Giants were matching them right up until the end of the game there. And, you know, they uh, Andy Dalton put together a really nice drive. Uh, um, you know, they made a couple of nice throws and catches there, and they, they were able to win that football game. But um, the problem with Dallas isn't going to be their offense. I think Andy Dalton can run that offense well enough uh, that they'll win their share of football games, and especially in that division. I think, uh, you, you know, going nine and seven will win you that division, I think. But, but, but that defense of theirs needs – I think they need a lot of work. Well, you know what? I told you this earlier today. When the Cowboys called that seemed like I thought Jimmy Johnson was a general manager because I didn't think Jerry Jones would make a move like that. Those are moves that Jimmy Johnson makes. But Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. Don't sell this guy short. He took the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. I think the only reason why the Bengals never won in the playoffs because of Marvin Lewis. But Andy Dalton playing in his home area right down the road from TCU. Uh, so he's a Texas kid. Uh, I've always liked Andy Dalton as a uh, quarterback. And at one point or another, I thought the Patriots would go after him. But, well, you know, they they, uh, they didn't seem interested in him, and I don't know why, but uh, he's he's been one of those guys that kind of on the cusp of being, you know, a really good quarterback. They And I, I, I totally agree with what you were saying, you know, because you always look at those Bengals teams, and it seemed like every year people say, Bengals have a lot of talent. The Bengals have – and they, they did. And they never won a playoff game. And I think it goes to coaching. I think he's, I think Andy Dalton's going to be real happy there because now, you know, with Dak out, he's going to be the guy for the rest of the season. And they have some good weapons on that offense. I mean, you got Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you can lean on that running game. Um, You know, the one question about Dallas, they've always had that really good offensive line. Their offensive line isn't that good so far this year. And, you know, that's something, uh, again, it'll be something that needs to be worked on. But if I'm Andy Dalton, I mean, I don't like the circumstances that I'm becoming the starting quarterback. But at the same time, I'm liking life right now. You're playing in Dallas. You have a lot of talented players around you. And you have, you're playing in a division where you have the opportunity to go into the playoffs quite easily, I think. And you're destined to get a raise after this year. Yeah. Dallas is going to have to either pay to keep you or somebody's going to say, this guy can still play. Mm-hmm. And and to me, you know what? Things work out in this league for different reasons. We all get that. You know what I mean? But when you look at Andy Dalton, he won't have a problem landing a starting job. I think Dallas got a team-friendly contract that was incentive-laden. And yep. uh, you know what? More power to them. There are nobody hard, rooting harder for Andy Dalton than I am because I want to see him well there. I really, really do. So let's go down to New Orleans. We talked about it earlier. And the Chargers lose to the New Orleans Saints 30-27. to That took overtime to decide. But you had Justin Herbert, uh, who's actually taking over for Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. And Justin Herbert, you talk about the upside to this guy. It's unbelievable. I know, and, and you know, it's like, I, I was talking with someone the other day, and I mentioned it to you uh, earlier today offline. Is there a more impressive 
quarterback who started his career 0-4 as a rookie than Justin Herbert because they've lost all those games. But he's played incredibly well. He threw four touchdowns on on Monday night against the, the Saints. And, I mean, I, I just – I wasn't uh, – you know, it was funny. A lot of people pegged him for the Patriots uh, that they were going to move up and try to grab him. And I wasn't into that at all. I, was, I wasn't impressed with this guy. And I was like, oh, I don't want him. I don't. And I'm regretting saying that now because this kid can play. I mean, he's only a rookie. He's still learning on the job. But, boy, he can spin it. And he has, he has a good eye for what's in front of him. He knows when it's time to tuck the ball and run. You know, a couple of times he, he does make those rookie mistakes where he tries to squeeze the ball in too, too tight a, a, a spot. But that'll come with experience. He's going to learn that. I just think he's really, really impressive. And obviously, Anthony Lynn and the Chargers feel that way, too, because he said, that's our quarterback. Well, not like the University of Oregon has produced a bunch of marquee quarterbacks like Joey Harrington and Achilles Smith. <laughs> we tend to believe that, you know, they have a reputation. All these guys are good in college. I mean, it translates to the pros. But Justin Herbert, and I, I've always maintained – I don't think Joey Harrington was a bust when you go ahead and go through head coaching, uh, head coaches and offensive coordinators year in and year out and you have to learn a new playbook. But that will be for another uh, conversation. But Justin Herbert, to me, and I'm not going to buy into the Kool-Aid here that, you know, uh, Miami would have been better off taking Herbert over Tua because both you know, we haven't seen what Tua's going to do on the field. So right. that's something that's a TBD for TUA. But – I, but but for at least the Chargers, you go from Rivers to Herbert, how many uh, teams have to go 20 or 30 quarterbacks until they find their next guy? And uh, in the case of Indianapolis, when they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, and now you go with the Chargers where you got Rivers over to Justin Herbert, sometimes you're fortunate to... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You get it right, you don't have to wait quite as long. I mean, another scenario there would have been you have Brett Favre, uh, paving way for Aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't always work out that way. But not nevertheless, I think the future is bright for the Chargers for sure. And there's no shame in losing an overtime game to New Orleans. In no, New especially Orleans. down there in the dome. Exactly. Fans are no fans. Obviously, to me, New Orleans is tough to beat at Superdome. All right, we'll talk about what our last game of last week, and then we look ahead. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are the Miami Marlins of the NFL with all those outbreak, outbreaks. But meanwhile, they look pretty good with all that time off. And I got to hand it to Mike Vrabel. He stands behind his team and goes to bat for them. And they, they didn't let him down because think about it. Derrick Henry flattened jo- Josh Ooh. Norman. <laughs> that was uh... – that was, I mean, that that's going to be on everyone's Twitter account for months. I mean, yeah. that was a stiff arm to end all stiff arms. He lifted him right off the ground 
and then just planted them. Um, you know, it, it's funny because without them practicing for two weeks and, you know, it was like actually more than two weeks and they only had two practices and I think a walkthrough before this game. I picked Buffalo to win this game because I just thought the rush factor was going to be was going to be there for them and they you know their timing would be off and um boy they came out they played a tremendous football game and you know um Josh Allen has been playing tremendous himself since last year they had him all discombobulated all night long he was thrown into double and triple coverage he had a couple of interceptions he could have had about two or three more that you know guys from the Titans dropped um, I just thought it was a tremendous football game for Mike Vrabel and the Titans. Though to win and the way that they won that game, I, I thought it was really, really impressive. And, you know, they, they have a tough football team. They can run the ball. They can throw it. Um, their quarterback can run. And he's another guy. Tannehill's, when he gets on a hot streak, he's very impressive. He's another guy. It's with him. It's not the ability. I think it's the consistency. Ryan, Can he do? Right. Ryan Tannehill struggled with injury concerns. And, again, the Miami Dolphins being dysfunctional, he's a benefit of a change of scenery. But it doesn't hurt that you have Derrick Henry in your backfield either. And your boy Malcolm Butler made a big defensive play as well, from what I heard. Yeah. So. He, he had two interceptions. The second one, you know, uh, he tried to run it back. And it looked like he – was it going to get about a 10 or 15 yard interception return? Then he started running backwards. It looked like he was going to get caught minus 10 from where he had been. And then he took off and started, he was cutting like Barry Sanders and going against the grain. He ended up returning at 60 yards. And uh, I thought that was a huge point in the game at that point, because it was still kind of nip and tuck a little bit. Um, and I thought that was a huge turning point in the game. And it started to all go downhill for the Titans after that. Well, they you're just... right. Josh Allen looked awfully good going in, but, you know, battle of unbeatens. And when you look at the odds, and I, and I like to talk about the Miami Marlins slash Tennessee Titans going through adversity with all these outbreaks. But they rallied. They used it as a unifying cry to themselves. And the coach was behind him. Rabel taking over for Doc Manningly, the Miami Marlins and the Tennessee Titans. But when they finally did get back on the field, they didn't look – they didn't win. They looked good doing it. That's what they yeah. did. Yeah, they, they were very impressive. And, uh, I mean, if you're the Titans, you have to feel really good about yourselves after that game. Because now, you know, you were basically out of your building for two weeks. Right. You come back in, you're facing an unbeaten team that has been rolling, and you just kicked the snot out of them, you know, on national television. And now, you know, if I'm that team, there's nothing that I'm worried about in the next couple of weeks where, you know, I think if you're them, we've faced the fire, we've, you know, faced adversity. And now we're just going to play our game, and people are going to have to beat us. Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing fantasy football, but for those individuals that have Ryan Tannehill, I'll tell you what, uh, he's in the right system with the right coach. 
I, you know, again, it's okay to have a fresh start and look really good doing it. And that's exactly what's happening. All right, well, let's transition over to this week's game. I have to lead off with the game, Steve, that I will be covering, okay? The Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Matt, Patricia, and Doug Marone. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when both of these guys get low, go. But I'm wondering whether Doug Marone will even I, – I don't for some crazy reason, since Jacksonville's the youngest team in the league, or one of the youngest, whether Marone can even extend beyond this year. But Matt Patricia, we, we've spoken about this quite a bit. He's on borrowed time. <laughs> yes, he is. And he's just – He's under he's underwhelmed there, and I think he's underperformed. I think they they have some talent on that team. They should be winning more games than they are. Um, you know, and this will be a big week for them because this is a game they can win. I mean, it's not like they're playing the Packers in Lambeau. Right. Um, this is a game they can win. This is a game they probably should win. Well, they're, they're favored. So. Mm-hmm. And we'll see whether or not another double-digit lead that they give up. I mean, you know, it's there for the Lions, but for them to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars, boy, I'll tell you what, you absorb the New Orleans loss, okay? That wasn't good. The Packers' loss was bad. You win with the Cardinals. And then, you know, but to me, to lose to Jacksonville, when you have Matthew Stafford facing Gardner Minshew, they lose there. You know, I, I mean, I personally thought that Patricia should have been fired during the bye week. But we'll see. This is a game. Yeah, if, they, if they lose this week, the calls for his hide are going to increase. Oh, yeah. Tenfold. Oh, yeah. You know? No doubt about that. Well, I guarantee we'll be talking about this game on our next broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I, and have fun there. Uh-huh. I, I want to I uh, hear from you of uh, – how the Jaguars are handling all the COVID, you know, precautions and protocols and all that. Cause I've heard from some of the guys in, you know, in Foxborough and how they're doing it up there. I'm, I know the league is trying to keep it, you know, uniform, but um, yeah, that's one of the things we'll, we'll definitely talk about next week. Well, without a doubt. I mean, uh, I've already got the regulations of what we're allowed to do. There won't be any locker room access from what I've been told. So Everything will be done up in the press box. You have to leave uh, the stadium by 8 o'clock. So those are some of the things that we'll be doing. But of course. Hey, listen, I'm not afraid to text you or contact you even during the week, <laughs> friend. Yeah. As I did over at our favorite restaurant. The yeah. other <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I'm thinking about you, Steve. Don't worry. Hey, hey I and I appreciate that fact, you know. Of course. That's what co-hosts and friends are for, right, pal? Absolutely. But it, but it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, Adrian Peterson against the Jaguars. But if they lose to Jacksonville, you know, you're right. It will. I, I think I think that would be the the final nail for Patricia. I think so too. If they win and they play well this week. He'll. It won't lessen what he's looking at in the off season, but it will calm the the voices down at least for the time being. Yeah, a week. Yeah, it's it. It's a week to it's a week to week business. Well, yeah, as we've already found out, the last two weeks was O'Brien and then Quinn. 
But meanwhile, but let's not kid yourself, though. James Robinson, the undrafted free agent for Jacksonville, this kid's a uh, young stud. So I'll be interesting to see how the Lions uh, uh, rush defense uh, handles James Robinson. Because Kamara, although he eats every, Alvin Kamara eats everybody up alive, but Robinson can make the Lions job a little bit more difficult for sure. All right, so we'll talk about, we mentioned the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this is a matchup that used to be in the NFC North. Green Bay Packers against the Tampa Bay Bucks for the Battle of the Bees. This one out in Tampa. Now, if this if they allowed it fans, you wouldn't have a problem. Raymond James would be sold out for this, but unfortunately they're not. Old division rivals. Uh, this is the second week in a row that the Bucks have faced an old divisional foe with the Bears last week. What do you expect out of the Packers and the Bucks? I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I, I look for this one to be uh, – one of those whoever has the ball last kind of games. Right. And uh, so, and again, if you have a two-point lead and you have the ball down on the other team's end and you have a third or fourth and one, don't kick that field goal with two minutes to go because, you you know, you'll end up, you know, you kick that field goal up by two and you'll end up losing by two because that's that's always the way that works. I look for a really entertaining game. Rodgers is playing lights out. You know, um, hopefully some of the guys from Tampa will start coming back, some of their skilled players right. who've been banged up, and will start playing, uh, you know, healing up and, and playing for them. But I, I look for a, a good, high-scoring, uh, entertaining, one of those, you know, don't get up out of your chair and, and go get another beer because you might miss something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I'm going to see that game at, whether I'll be over in the Jaguars press box, although we'll be probably doing a lot of virtual press conferences when we're up there. But uh, my wife, though, won't be credentialed for it. Uh, they, they're not allowed on her, so I'm acting so, although she's taking a trip up to Jacksonville with me. But yeah, you're right. It'll it'll it could be a shootout in the making. That's for sure. I think the key is the Buccaneers need Leonard Fournette in the worst way. Yes, yeah. and you know he's a guy that if you're you get a lead in the second half, he can close the deal for you. Oh yeah. You know, he can start chewing up big chunks of yardage, eating up the clock, and then you know what it ends up doing is it opens up play action for you. Big plays will start happening if Fournette starts getting big chunks of yards because those linebackers and safeties have, have to start cheating up to, to help out and run support. And that's when smart quarterbacks like Brady and Rodgers, that's what they do, you know. When they see that happening, they'll bait you into coming up one time too many. And, you know, then you end up giving up that big play. Yeah, well, that's true. Like you say, Fournette, I, I, I like him as a back. Again, uh, his exit at Jacksonville wasn't really what most people thought, but to me, I'd take a Leonard Fournette on my team all day long. I wouldn't think mm-hmm. about it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, well, you know, we've talked about the Chicago Bears. Now we get to do it again. And they're facing a Carolina Panthers, which is 3-2 and two at Teddy Bridgewater. As your quarterback and Christian McCaffrey not in the lineup. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, <clears throat> the uh, the Panthers are playing pretty good football, and Teddy Bridgewater is playing quite well. Uh, a lot of people are chalking this one up to Chicago right away because of that defense. I, I'm not going to jump on that all the way. I mean, could the Bears win? Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm not uh, closing the, the book on this uh, Panthers team right now. I mean, it, it, it's going to depend on how it all plays out. I think um, situational football will be big in this one. Turnovers will be huge in this one. You know, I don't think either team can afford to give up those, you know, easy possessions or easy points where you give up a, a, a interception or a fumble deep in your own zone. Um, That'll be a killer in this one, but I, I'm going for I'm going for the upset this week. I'm going for the the Carolina Panthers. I, I would do that too. Joe Brady obviously was the brain child over at LSU. They brought him over. Matt Rule is the king of turning programs around. If you want evidence of that, go to Temple and then go to Baylor and then talk to me. Because this guy here, whatever he gets on, he turns it into gold and knows what he has to do. And I tell you what, I think uh, Matt Rule is a heck of a hire out in Charlotte for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning more toward the Panthers as well. They're at home. Again, it's not a matter of home field advantage. The only thing home does is you don't have to travel and leave other than the fans. All right, we've got a few more games we want to get to. Atlanta Falcons 0-5 against the Minnesota Vikings 1-4. Why would I even be bringing this game up? Well, uh, somebody's got to win this. And, uh, you know, looking at Raheem Morris, I mean, you know, we, we talked about that a lot of times that short-term, you know, um, boost that a new coach will bring in. I think he's going to bring that this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Atlanta in this game. I think, you know, uh, they, they need to get the offense going, and Matt Ryan going. Um, I've never been the biggest Matt Ryan fan, but, uh, you know, you, he's another guy. When he's on top of his game, he's really, really good. But I, I just think that uh, they needed this this change. It's kind of seemed like it's been getting stale there for a while. I look for – Excuse me. I, I look for the Falcons to put together a, a really good game this week, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, well, I, I think they rally behind Raheem Morris, just like the Texans rallied around Romeo Cornell. That's the only reason I brought this game in. So, mm-hmm. the new coach, how they respond, instant gratification. You know where that story goes. Okay, we'll talk about, I think, the game of the week, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miles, they had that big fight last year with was a Mason Rudolph. And Miles Garrett cost him the rest of the year. But Miles Garrett, to me, is one of the better defensive players in the league. And you would think he's learned from what happened a year ago. And the Browns, to me, are looking pretty good. 
this is going to be a really good game. That that rivalry, uh, that Ohio, you know, uh, Pennsylvania thing, anyway, and all the traffic battle. Um, oh yeah, and the, you know because it's a divisional game, th- those two teams naturally don't like each other. Right. So it, it's going to be a hard hitting. It's not going to be for the faint of heart. I think it's going to be one of those, uh, a mix of grinded out and big plays. And uh, both teams are capable of doing that. I like the Steelers in this one. I know the, the Browns are playing well. But uh, I like the Steelers in this one to pull out another close win. Well, I'm going to differ with you on this. I'm going to give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt so that we'll have one of us is going to be right, one of us will be wrong next week. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump on the Cleveland bandwagon this week and see where we go with that. You know they're they're a team that's on a mission, and they haven't. Uh, the last time they started four and one was when Bill Belichick was a head coach. I know, I saw that. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Is it? Well, but you know they haven't looked bad doing it. No, but it's just you know what I mean. It's like Belichick's been with the Patriots for twenty years, and the Browns haven't been four and one in over twenty years. It's oh. like wow. Well, thanks for making my point. I appreciate it, Steve. But, I, but I'm going to go with Cleveland, uh, even though the game's at Pittsburgh. We'll see. So let me ask you, now that we're talking about Pittsburgh, could you ever see Le'Veon Bell returning to Pittsburgh, even though I felt like he burned his bridges out the door? I think he burned his bridges there, too. And, and I think the Steelers really like James Conner. I, I don't see them bringing him back. I think for them – you know, when, when him and Antonio Brown left, I think the Steelers, you know, they were popular in the locker room among some players because they're so good at what they do. But I also think they were probably very unpopular with some guys who didn't want to speak up because they're distractions. Right. And I think uh, since they've been gone, the Steelers haven't had that. You know, we haven't heard all of those distractions like we were hearing before. Right. I think they're concentrating on football. I don't think they bring them. If you can't play under Mike Tomlin, there's something really wrong. You know, Tomlin is considered like a player's coach. Yeah. And and both of those guys, you know, push the buttons with him once too many. Okay. All right. Well, let's go on to the Denver Broncos at New England Patriots. We've seen before, but what we didn't do it with Cam Newton under signal. So, we can change our pick if we want to, knowing that the narrative is going to be different. Now I'm definitely going to go with the New England Patriots as long as Cam Newton's under center. Yeah, you know, Newton's under center. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is supposed to be back as well. So now both their top offensive and defensive player there. They've been running the ball. They're second in the league uh, running the football this year. So uh, – you know, and, and Denver's getting back Philip Lindsay and Drew Locke should play in this game. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think this is a game New England wins by uh, about 10. Yeah, me too. Again, if you had the Stidham-Hoyer combination, like we wouldn't be put going in, <laughs> and I, I give Denver the uh, game, but knowing that Cam Newton, and I, I don't think he'll have any problem getting in sync, then I think he'll get in sync right away. So two more games. Since there is no Thursday night one, let's go to Monday night football or Monday afternoon football. 
you had the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. You said that was originally scheduled, I think, for tomorrow night, and that'll be five o'clock on Monday. So, who do you have in this one? I like um, I like Kansas City in this one because Buffalo's defense now that's been their strength, you know, for the past three or four years. Buffalo's defense has been really, really good. They haven't been playing well this year, and I know they've had some injuries, right? But but they haven't been. They haven't been that same unit. And we saw, I mean, you know, Tennessee scored 42 points on them and they're missing their best cornerback. And now you're going to play, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I like the Chiefs in this one. I, I do. I, I think uh, especially after last week, I think Mahomes and crew, they're going to come out with the fire, you know, under their butt. And I think they're going to, play real real well yeah you're gonna be looking at a very angry kansas city chiefs team they were exposed not uh, they were exposed even with the chargers but when the raiders finished them off now this team realized we're not going undefeated all year and if we continue to play this poorly on defense other teams will devise schemes to go out there and try to um, solve the chiefs and i but I, I agree with you i think the kansas city chiefs are going to be angry and the Buffalo Bills are going to take it right on the chin again. And our last game that we're going to talk about will be the Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys at 815 Eastern time. Some thoughts. I like this. Uh, I think this is going to be entertaining because, as, as we said earlier, you know, Dallas's defense, uh, they haven't been playing well. And that's been, I, I think, their Achilles heel. You have a really good offense coming in. I think this is going to be one of those games. Again, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. And you mentioned earlier, you like Andy Dalton being at home back in Texas. I think he's going to have a comfort level in this offense already where, you know, he's going to be lighting it up himself. I think this is going to be a real high-scoring affair. I got Dallas eking this one out. I do, too. Now, if for some crazy reason Le'Veon Bell is a Cardinal, then I do have the right to waffle and bite my tongue next week because at least I predicted that Le'Veon Bell would be there. I'm not predicting anything, but I, I could see if he were in that offense. Well, I think the Cardinals would certainly be even more potent than they are now. But, you know, I'm going with the Cowboys if for no other reason. Andy Dalton, don't underestimate Andy Dalton. Well, um... I think, like I said, I think he's going to play well. Yeah, I do he's too. Got, he's got a lot of weapons, and they're, they're going to rely on, you know, their running game, which is, is really good. <clears throat> and uh, I think they're they're going to rally around Andy Dalton. Uh, this is a team that really liked, I mean, you know, Dak Prescott had a ton of respect in that locker room. But I think that, you know, the players all realize that, you know, what happened, happened. And I think they're going to rally around Andy. I do. I agree. Oh, there's no question about it. Again, Andy Dalton had a good career in Cincinnati. He's, you know, he's on a one-year contract. So if he can uh, perform well for Dallas, then I think, and even though you hate to see Dak Prescott go down to an injury, it's too bad. And it reminds me of a point that I probably have mentioned from time to time. I've been at games where careers are ended then, 
So, for example, I mean, I remember, I think I mentioned to you, I was at the Chuck Hughes game many years uh, when I was eight. I saw Jerry Ball uh, sustain a severe injury because of a chop block. Reggie Brown, formerly of Texas A&M, and, of course, I was at Mike Dudley. So, you know, those are all bad uh, examples. Those are examples of how tough the NFL is and the physicality that you have, so. You know, I mean, I think the only thing that people wonder about with Dak Prescott is, will Jerry Jones pay him his money despite the injury? I mean, that, what are your thoughts about that? I think he's going to be uh, rewarded with a new contract this year. I do. Um, they might franchise him to, to start, but they're going to come to an agreement. Um, I, I think Jerry Jones has to look at, you know, I mean, he was lighting it up this year. I mean, every game. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, they lost some of those games, but it wasn't because of the offense and Dak. It was because of the defense. And uh, I think they, they're smart enough to know that this kid is – he can play. And I think he has a firm grasp on that team in that locker room. And the players believe in him. And that's something you, you can't buy and you can't teach. Either a guy has it or he doesn't. Well, I can't imagine Jerry Jones paying the franchise tag number $38 million next year, much less during a COVID-19 year where, there's not, where the salary cap is going to drop. So I think COVID-19 might end up being a friend for Dak Prescott and will force Jerry Jones to do what he's got to do. Or $38 million and then go figure. So, well, I think we've covered a lot, don't you, Steve? Absolutely. As always, my friend. Okay. Well, guess what? Now you can take over the broadcast to let everybody know how they can reach you. And then I'll go ahead and uh, mention a couple things here, and we'll go from there. All right. Great. Uh, you can follow me on social media on Twitter, at SteveB7SFG. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Although I don't do Instagram too much, uh, that's something I guess I need to start using more of. Um, I write for PatsFans.com. I also write for a military site called SoftRep.com. Um, and I do podcasts for uh, the Patriots, uh, Patriots 4th and 2. And, um, excuse me, we're doing a video podcast like this tomorrow. So uh, that, should be, that should be interesting. We'll be talking more about the Patriots and Broncos game again. But this time there'll be some changes, obviously. So. But uh, as always, my friend, I, I enjoy my, our time here. The hours always fly by, and, uh, you know, it seemed like we just started, and we've been going for about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, that's normal for us. I make sure that we have a lot of ground, but we have a responsibility, though, Steve, to make sure for those of our fans that are listening that we give them everything they need to know, information and insights. And I believe that I don't care what the time is uh, because we're not leaving anything out that I don't, Support. I've been covering this league for uh, since 1982, uh, you know, a lot. So I know exactly what I feel I have to talk about. And obviously we covered a lot of ground, this time a lot of games. And I'm looking forward to going up to Jacksonville to see the Detroit Lions and the Jaguars. I mean, you know, when you're a creature of habit and you go into a press box, you know what it's like to be in there. It's it's something that you really can never have enough of because, you know, our it's good for us is this is what we do. You know, we yeah. cover these things and we inform people. So, but you know, again, uh, I got to tell you, uh, before we and I went on, 
today. Remember, Mark Lattell, the former pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, I guess, on the Sports Exchange earlier tonight. Oh, wow. Yeah, and Mark and I have been good friends for a, a while. So, you know, like I said, I enjoy this platform, and it's great to be able to see the individuals who I'm, for whom I'm working with. But that, Excellent. If you want to listen to the audio version of the Sports Exchange with myself and Steve Ballesteri, you can do so at Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. I'll say it again. Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of fo- social media, you can follow us at tw- on Twitter at Tribune South. That's the at sign, Tribune South. Facebook and Instagram, uh, South Florida Tribune is where you'll find us there. Our YouTube channel for what you're seeing this broadcast is Steve Ballesteri and I, the South Florida Tribune. What's great about it is our shows are the Sports Exchange, No Limits, 108 Stitches Baseball Talk, Real and Rare, Fantasy Football, and South Florida Tribune Podcast. So not when you subscribe to that one channel, you'll have access to all the shows that we have here. Our website is com. We have the Motor City Monitor on there, which for a lot of our Detroit people, that, that at least this is good for transplants. And you know the old transplant routine. We have our media distribution partners. We have our columnists and other WSAN dropdown. You can find all the broadcasts there. And our email address is southfordatribune at gmail.com. So if you want to reach out to Steve and myself or have any comments, questions, or ideas, please don't hesitate to let us know. We'll be more than happy to put them on. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Scott Morganroth, and be more than happy to reach out to you. So, Steve, you know what? Once again, a great time to hear tonight. And We'll continue to strive for even greater excellence next Wednesday night. So, you know, but don't worry, I'll be bugging you uh, <laughs> next Wednesday with some interesting stuff when it comes my way. Absolutely. And, and enjoy the game. Uh, going back up in the press box will be fun. And, you know, uh, it should be a good football game. So it should be enjoyable. And uh, just make sure you wear your mask. Yeah. I mean, this is a game, believe it or not that was supposed to be played in London. I know the Lions and the Jaguars were they were talking about putting this game in London, but once again, our friend or enemy, COVID-19, made sure this game wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so, but yeah, COVID-19 is definitely a serious thing. And if you want examples, talk to the President of the United States, Donald Trump and Nick Saban. And then you realize that this can hit anybody. And when it makes noise, it makes noise is louder than an earthquake and more deadly than a hurricane. So if that doesn't emphasize the significance of this, and tell me, I don't know what does. Absolutely, my friend. And, uh, you know, it's something we all worry about. We've had some family members come down with it. So that that's always a worry, especially when you have some older people or people who aren't in the greatest of health that get it. And, you know, we have to take care of ourselves and take care of each other. Well, with that said, couldn't have said it better myself. Mask up, everybody. Social distance, common sense. This disease doesn't care who you are. When it gets you, uh, the re- the uh, repercussions are very, very severe. So on behalf of Steve Ballesteri, my name is Scott Morgan-Roth. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Sports Exchange, and we will catch you next week. So have a great weekend, folks, and be safe. Good night.